Welcome everyone to Right On Radio. On this episode, we're going to talk about the devil in music. For centuries, the devil has been in music and influencing pop culture. And, you know, there's so many ways I could do a show like this, but I really believe that uh, it's going to be a very different show. In fact, I'm not even 100% sure how it's going to go, but I believe you're going to hear things in a different way than you've heard before. And by the way, if you like a show like this and want me to do more shows like this, please uh, leave a comment and let me know. Let me run the intro and I'll be right back. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. So if you're new to Right on Radio, yes, live right in the real world is the theme behind it. And that's the way we present information here on the show. And what do we mean by that? Well, we expose the real world to you, both visible and invisible. And then you make your judgments on how to live Right. This is going to be a good one, folks. I uh, I've got to admit, it was inspired. I'm praying, Lord, what should I do? And he, he showed me a, uh, a particular scripture. And then I found the most bizarre video of backstage with the Rolling Stones that I want to play to you. And then I'm going to explore how the devil has been messaging and preparing subculture, uh, you know, the culture for the things that are to come and some of the truths that are in the lyrics. And in fact, one song in particular, I'm going to read the lyrics to, I think is actually predicting the future. Oh, you want to stick around for this, but first, you know, we talk about the devil and the devil and music and uh, look, I could do a long deep dive. There's so many rabbit holes to go down the Tavistock Institute with the Beatles. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things to do. Uh, Elvis, you know, was one of the first, well, he's the, the king of rock and roll, they say. And, you know, he came out and he started shaking his hips and doing these gyrations. And, you know, it was considered sexually immoral at the time. But yet, uh, you know, it, the culture started going that way. And then that was the 50s. Then the 60s came in the drug and free love uh, thing and then the 70s just amplified it and you know the 80s 90s and look what we have now we have uh, you know rappers doing lap dances on you know on a goat to the baphomet and uh, and selling satan shoes so uh, it's really escalated and it's in our face so when we say the devil in music well who is this devil and i just want to read just a couple things because the Bible actually describes him in a few different ways. Put on my glasses so I can read it here. Um, and I'll just start out with this in uh, Job 38-7, if any of you want to fact check me. It says, when the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. And the implication of what you're going to get here is before Lucifer was cast out of heaven, 
he was the head musician. He was in charge of music. So, you know, uh, being cast down here, maybe he still has an interest in music. I think I'm going to be able to prove so. Um, and then in uh, the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 28, and I'm just going to read the last part of verse 13. And it says, the workmanship of thy timbrels and of their of thy pipes was prepared in the day that was created. So he was created to be musical. We're talking of Lucifer here. And then, you know, we're talking about the fall. Uh, it says, thy pomp has brought you down to the grave and the noise of thy vials, and that could also be horns, uh, is there. And just going back to um, the son of the morning, the very first scripture, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? So we have a biblical background of Satan being part of the, uh, you know, interested in music. And I'm just going to focus on a couple different things here in this, and I really think you're going to be surprised where this goes. But uh, just as some validation from more, well, modern day within my lifetime, uh, I want to play you an interview with Bob Dylan. And this was actually on 60 Minutes. And just listen to what uh, Bob Dylan has to say. You're still out here doing these songs, you know, you're still on tour. I do, but I don't take it for granted. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. Sh should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and on this earth and, in, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Bob Dylan has been... On this earth and in the world we can't see. And, you know, listen, I'm just kind of considering some of the lyrics of his songs and stuff like that, and I'm not trying to pick on Bob. Um, but I, I don't think the, the great commander was... was uh, the God in heaven. It kind of seems like maybe it was the God of the earth that uh, he was talking about. Now, I want to actually, I'm going to show a picture first. Uh, this one is very interesting. In this picture here, I'm going to make it big for you. This is an album cover from the Rolling Stones, and the name of the album cover is Sat Satanic Majesty's Request. And, you know, if you are into looking at symbolism and stuff like that, you know, they got the wizard hat, they got all these things, but uh, 
in the top left corner, you're going to see the red Saturn. Like this is obviously, there's so much demonic symbolism in this particular picture. And I'm just going to show you one other picture because, you know, back in the day when the, you know, when the Rolling Stones came out, they were the bad boys. And of course, uh, the Beatles were the clean cut good guys until they did maybe like Sgt. Pepper's. But let's just look at the Sgt. Pepper's album. And I'm just going to point out, I know it's going to be hard to see on screen or if you're listening on Podbean, uh, just look up the album cover art for Satanic Majesty's Request and for Sgt. Pepper's. And I'm just going to point out on the top left, second to the left on the top row, that is a picture of Aleister Crowley who possibly was one of the most evil men in the world. So the Beatles and the Stones, you know, the old music, uh, which, by the way, I still really like a lot of it, but uh, just important to point those out. Then I came across this odd clip of backstage at the Rolling Stones, and I'm going to describe just a couple of the parts to the listening audience on Podbean. So you have a camera walking around backstage and it's just walking into various rooms in, in the background. You're going to hear that the opening act is actually playing uh, right now. And the opening act is George Thorogood. And you're going to see, you know, uh, the band sitting there, Keith Richards playing a little bit of guitar, warming up his fingers and stuff. But then the camera moves on and goes to other places backstage and you're going to see something. Well, I was a bit shocked at it. So let me play this footage and I'll narrate as uh, necessary. So that's Keith Richards noodling on the guitar. This is backstage from the Hampton Coliseum, I believe, 1981. This video is going to be less than two minutes that I'm going to show. I just wanted you to get a feel for how the footage was shot. Now it gets very interesting. You're going to see kind of a dark area and some steam coming out of a particular area. And it's very, very hazy. Uh, but it goes into the washroom and it seems like it's building smoke. It looks like a dude with a dress at a urinal and another guy at the urinal. Then there's the camera focuses on the boots of someone sitting in the stall. And this stays here for a second. I have to play this part just to show you the weirdness because it gets a little bit stranger from here, folks. Keep watching. Right there. Now, backstage at a Rolling Stone show, why are there three baby lambs? That's right. Three baby lambs just walking around backstage at a Rolling Stones concert. Now, the lambs walk out of the Oh, and there's some chickens there too. And by the way, black and white floor. 
And then, very hard to see, but there's a, there's a, and thank, this is the only reason I'm showing this, is you can just see the kind of the silhouette. There's a, a, a female in the shower with a, a guy in front of her. And then you, the camera will pan over to the right. And there's uh, two more guys in the shower. So, you know, I, I don't know, just... Uh, I, I think every concert has uh, co-ed showers and lambs there. I'm just wondering what the after party was. Actually, I, I kind of want to play a little bit more of that video. Just give me a second here. Because it, it just, it really does get interesting. Uh, let me pull this up. There's a little bit more that, uh, not that I want to do a full decode, because this is the purpose of the uh, video. Then notice they go through this gate and the shape of that gateway always appeared. Portals and stuff, and they're going through this fancy hall, this glittering lights in the ceiling. Red and white striped walls, maybe not uncommon for that time of year, or, or time here in particular. This is Christmas, and of course they have the reindeer in front of a uh, thing, but. It's just really, really strange stuff. And then they go and they knock on some doors. And other people back. And then there's Ron Wood. And, uh, there, George Thorogood comes off stage. And he's jamming a little bit with Keith. This is before the Rolling Stones go on their thing. And I'll just skip forward just to show you. Uh, this is right before they walk on stage. show you because it's, it's almost like a continuous clip that they show uh, with this camera angle. Now, let's get into some meat in this discussion. The Rolling Stones have written many songs. Uh, you know, Mick Jagger has said that he can't be saved, and they've written songs about, you know, selling your soul and, you know, referring to uh, to Johnson, uh, who, you know, famously sold his soul. And, and if you go back and you want to look at Faustian deals, I could do a show on that alone, uh, on the Faust deal and what it means. But Many artists have actually admitted to selling their souls. Now, I do want to say a couple things to you. I don't believe that every artist, even if they look like they have, has actually met the devil and sold their soul, signed something in blood. I don't believe that's the case. I think some have. No doubt about it. just my own personal speculation, I think Bono is one of those. But there's others that I don't believe had to sell, to sign a contract because they were doing the bidding of Lucifer and they were in line with him. So he rewards them with excess. He rewards them with all kinds of things. Just keep putting out that and living the party lifestyle. Because it's all about shaping society. So if Lucifer is behind the music, 
And many, many artists, even current day people like Beyonce, uh, will claim that she gets her songs from channeling. <coughs> Excuse me. And most artists, when they are interviewed and they describe their biggest hits, they say, man, it just came to me. It just came to me and I wrote it down. Channeling. So I want to feature some lyrics because if Satan is behind this and maybe some of his fallen angels are the ones communicating with these bands and is channeling, what is the message they're putting out? Now, this is going back to, you know, the very early 70s. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to read the lyrics, some of the lyrics from the Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil. And it's almost like it's Mick is singing in third person. It goes as follows. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul and faith. And I was round when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain, made damn sure that Pilate washed his hands and sealed his fate. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. I stuck around in St. Petersburg when I saw it was a time for a change. Killed the czar and his ministers. Anastasia screamed in vain. I rode a tank, had a general's rank, when the blitzkrieg raged and the bodies stank. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Ah, what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. I watched with glee while your kings and queens fought for ten decades. For the gods they made, I shouted out, who killed the Kennedys? When after all, it was you and me. Let me please introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. And I laid traps for troubadours who get killed before they reach Bombay. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. But what's confusing you is just the nature of my game. Just as every cop is a criminal and all the sinners saints. As heads is tails, just call me Lucifer because I'm in need of some restraint. So if you meet me, have some courtesy. 
have some sympathy and some taste. Use all your well-learned polities, or I'll lay your soul to waste. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. What's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Um, mean it. Get down. And that's essentially the lyric. But if you explore that, look at the historical references. And if these words do and come from a fallen angel, from Lucifer himself, kind of became a big hit. Is he saying he was there? He was there. I did that. I did that. I did that. And I'm not reading these lyrics to glorify this at all. Quite the opposite. I want to be very clear there. But he talks about all these things, but he keeps saying, but what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Now, the Rolling Stones have been touring for, I believe, 55 years now. Um, big, huge stadium draw. Think of the ritual that is created in a Rolling Stones show. Think of all the people singing along with this very famous song. Think of all the people singing along with one of their original hits, uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Well, that's kind of the opposite of what the Lord promises, isn't it? And look, this, okay, you you know, you might be watching this say, listen, Jeff's just uh, some religious fanatical guy. By the way, I wore my Eagles t-shirt on purpose because I figured I'm doing a bit of a rock show. But let's look at, uh, and the Rolling Stones, you know, they uh, did an album called Goat's Head Soup. In fact, hold on, I think I have the picture. It's not a very big picture. Ah. I'll put it on the art or something like that rather than showing it here so it's too small. But let me read the lyric from someone who calls himself the Prince of Darkness. And this could be, uh, listen, I could do a whole show on Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne easily. Um, but I think this particular song is very telling and it's almost... The same personality that you heard in Sympathy for the Devil. That's why I picked this. I don't know if I'll read the whole thing. A couple of the uh, parts repeat, so I certainly won't read the repeat. But again, I'm going to use the conjecture that this is saying in third person. Okay? And you'll see that clearly, just like in the last song it says, My name is Lucifer. Well, you're going to see that happen here, too. But listen to this. Uh, this is called NIB. Some people say, my love cannot be true. Please believe me, my love, and I'll show you. I will give you those things you thought unreal. The sun, the moon, the stars all bear my seal. Follow me now, and you will not regret leaving the life you had 
before we met. You are the first to have this love of mine forever with me till the end of time. <laughs> That's a true statement. For your love for me has just got to be real before you know the way I'm going to feel. And repeats that. The next verse. Now I have you with me under my power. Our love grows stronger now with every hour. Look into my eyes. You'll see who I am. My name is Lucifer. Please take me my hand. Same spirit. Two totally different bands. You know, Black Sabbath and Rolling Stones did not share a similar sound. They're somewhat of the same vintage, Black Sabbath, quite a bit after them. But, you know, both very big in the 70s and uh, 80s and Aussie, actually, you know, into the 90s. Now, there's one last lyric that I want to share with you. And this also comes from Black Sabbath. And the reason I want to read this one is because if the devil has been using music to shape pop culture, to shape what people think, to condition you for the things that are to come, to have you ready, because if you've seen it before, the next time you see or hear about it, even if it's completely unrelated, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Because that's how programming works, and music has been a chief programming tool. I'd say music, uh, particularly for younger people, is even more powerful than TV in, in a lot of ways. TV, I think, can make a an imprint. It can definitely do some programming. But people that you have, the, we have a relationship with songs. There's a strong emotional bond that comes with it. And, uh, you know, I know myself, if I listen to music, I can be listening to, you know, uh, a song that brings back a memory of, uh, of how I love my wife or something like that. And it can bring a tear to my eye. And then I can hear another song that reminds me of, oh yeah, I want to fight. You know, it's just, the music can do that to you. I can I can go through mood swings, listen to music in, in moments. And I bet you can too. And even in the movies, and I'll, I'll, I've said this before, but I dare you to try it. Everyone has a movie that makes them cry. They're, at some point, there's some movie and there's a particular scene that makes you cry. And anytime you pull that up, it'll probably do it again and again and again. So do this. Go find that movie, find that scene that always makes you cry, and then mute the volume. Because you don't actually cry until that orchestra comes in. In the background. That's the moment. If you mute the volume, you will not cry. Music is so powerful. And right now, if we look at the current state of the world, 
this is being taped in October of 2022. Of course, there's a war going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, there's the, the threats of nuclear war uh, between Russia, China, the United States, and other players. All these things are happening. But yet, you know, with uh, with my audience in particular and, you know, some of the resources that we follow and looking in the book of Revelation and different things, um, we know that the cabal, let's say, has two sides. There's a light side and a dark side. The dark side has been running the world forever and the light side is going to rise and this is what's going to usher in the beast. The Antichrist. So the light side, not to be confused with heaven's light, with God's light. That's different. The, the devil is a copier of everything. So there is a light side that is going to rise. And, you know, the, uh, the Bible's pretty clear about that, even in Revelation 13. But considering the circumstances of where we are right now, I want to read this particular lyric because I think after just having this, uh, I think it's somewhat prophetic. Uh, you could attribute it to going back to world war two or something like that, but there's certain parts that don't fit that. In fact, I can't think of a war that fits the description in this song. It does fit what I believe is going to happen with the dark side going down and the light side coming up. And perhaps this lyric, because Satan has been preparing us through music, through pop culture, through TV, for all the things that are to come. I think this one is staggering, folks. Uh, and it's from Black Sabbath. It's War Pigs. Some of you have already guessed it. By the way, I really like the song. Always have. Learned it on guitar years ago. Uh, really cool. Not endorsing it, folks. Not endorsing it. But And, and don't stick around because I do have a closing message that I think is very important. Generals gathered in their masses, just like witches at black masses. That's just an interesting statement right there, isn't it? But it keeps going. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields, the body's burning as the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind, poisoning their brainwashed minds. Then it says, oh Lord, yeah. Politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go out to fight? They leave that all to the poor. Time will tell on their power minds, making war just for fun, treating people like pawns in chess. Wait till their judgment day comes. Now in darkness, world stops turning. Ashes where 
the bodies burning. No more war pigs have the power. The hand of God has struck the hour. Day of judgment, God is calling. On their knees, the war pigs crawling. Begging mercies for their sins, Satan laughing spreads his wings. So we're talking, the song, what I'm seeing and hearing from these lyrics is these people, and we're talking about the politicians, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> The, the war machine out of D.C., the uh, industrial military complex uh, who have been pushing wars and stuff like that. And by the way, the families that fund the wars. Can't forget those, nice our childs. But picture this. Now in darkness, the world stops turning. Ashes where the body's burning. So it's kind of like the end of the war and no more war pigs have the power day hand of god has struck the hour now he gives away the lyric that the hand of god he's the god he's talking about is satan so these people who have served satan you know for their lifetime and some of them their families for centuries I think Satan's talking to them right here, saying he's going to betray them. Day of judgment, God is calling. On their knees, the war pigs crawling, begging mercies for their sins. Satan laughing spreads his wings. If you serve the enemy, he will betray you. Even if you're on the light side that's coming up, you're, you're betrayed. He wants you dead. As you heard in uh, the previous songs, he wants you to be with him for all of eternity. His eternity ain't looking so good, folks. There's also a verse that comes to mind that I think really describes no other time in history. No other time, folks. And uh, this was uh, partly inspired by a video I saw from Line of Judah. I follow them, by the way. I think it's a great resource, uh, really inspiring videos. And uh, their point uh, about this uh, particular verse was the effect of social media on it. And uh, that isn't the area that I'm going. I want to say it in context of everything that we've just discussed in this particular show. So 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, verse 3. This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. It's only our generation, Lord, people that have been really disobedient to parents in history. Unthankful and unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's almost like it puts a spell on people. There's an allurement of the evil. And once you commit an act of debauchery of some kind, the next level of debauchery is easier. And you just keep going up and up. And you're never satisfied. I can't get no satisfaction. If you've served the enemy, this is where you're going. If you serve mammon and you just want money in this world, opportunities will come. And if you just have to cheat your neighbor, be a little bit dishonest, but who cares? I'm the number one sales guy, whatever it is. Or if you want power, they get a little bit of blackmail on you, but you want more power. You're not satisfied. You want more, so you have to do something a little bit more debaucherous so they have more to blackmail you with. And that's how the world turns, folks. There is a way out. If the devil's real, Jesus Christ is real. And I'm saddened by all of those who are fooled by New Age stuff. And, you know, you're only fooled because you haven't asked the Lord with a really searching heart, a heart that really, really wants to know. Because if you just say, ah, Lord, come into my life there, it was an insurance policy. No, it doesn't work that way. But if you knock, the door will be opened. But you really have to say, Lord, if you're real, let me know. And he will reveal himself to you. And then... It'll be put on your heart, trust me, to ask him into your life.
acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died on the cross for you. And his blood covers your sins. And then you repent of your sins. And then you're a child of God. The Holy Spirit will indwell you. Your life will become much better. There's no better life than a life serving God. Trust me. It's the right life. It's the real high life. There's no joy. The artificial pleasures of this world can't bring you the things that God can. The one who created this world, who created man, who created woman. There's no pleasure that even compares. And trust me, I'm a guy who's tried most of these pleasures without doing anything really weird. But, you know, listen, sex, drugs, rock and roll, done it. Nothing compares. And I've done some pretty good drugs in my past. I don't do them anymore. I'm just saying nothing compares. And the Holy Spirit fills you. There's no better feeling. It's all, I don't know, levitating, like just kind of floating. It's like there's, it's supernatural, folks. If you've gone the wrong way because you're looking for a supernatural experience, ask God to reveal himself. And when he does, and he will, because he promises to, then say that prayer. Say that sinner's prayer. Accept Jesus. Let him come into your life. And if you did it just because of the information you heard on this show, or if you just did it while I was speaking, or even after this video, please let me know. Uh, write on jeff at gmail.com. Leave a comment below if you want to do, hear more rock and roll shows and stuff like that. I can do it less preachy. I can do more. Listen, I want to serve you. Uh, of course, I'm really trying to serve an audience of one. Uh, however, I do want to give you the information that you want as well. So your feedback is much appreciated. Please hit a thumbs up. And by the way, uh, if you haven't done it yet, just go to the website and you can read what's there. It's really super simple. Switchaway.com slash ROR. And if you like what you read, you can just sign up there. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, really appreciate you. And uh, until the next time, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.